Hi friends, brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza, where we talk about gospel doctrine lessons in order to get you uh, better prepared to participate in class, or if you're a teacher, to hopefully give you some ideas to help you out with your lesson. I'm joined once again by Dustin Homer, the indomitable Homer. Hello, everybody. Hey, Homer. Indomitable it is. Homer. <laughs> and today, if you're done... I'm doing my Barney impression. <laughs> it's really terrible. Hey, Homer. Today, we're thrilled to be speaking about Lesson 40, Finding Joy in Temple and Family History. I work. like it. This is a cool lesson. I like it. And this is a cool lesson because, though you might not think so at first blush, this is incredibly applic- applicable to every single person that will be participating in the lesson. And we can talk a little bit about why. Oh, this is a big deal. Tease. This is a big deal for all of us. Okay. But the purpose, as outlined by the church materials department, (laughs) is to help class members see the many different ways they can participate in temple and family history work and to encourage them to prayerfully determine the ways they should participate now. I like that. Yeah. Figure out what we do now to further the work of God in redeeming the dead. I'm, I'm pumped about that. So we're going to launch in. We're going to launch in, and we start, and the lesson starts. It talks about, it, it starts about talking a little bit about the why, but a cool thing about this lesson is it spends a lot of time talking about how, different ways we can practically apply the principles to our lives. So it's cool that we're going to talk about that a little bit. But okay. big picture, it starts out talking about the spirit of Elijah. So question, maybe rhetorical, maybe you have an answer for us. I've been thinking about this. What is the spirit of Elijah? I mean, what really is, like, when we're talking about the spirit of Elijah, is this just a name for a feeling? Turn, is this turn the hearts of the children. To Can, the please continue. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we always say turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers. I don't know if that itself says this is the spirit of Elijah. I feel like that's more explaining kind of what it's about than what it is in a way. But I keep going if you want more. No, I mean, I've just uh, been thinking that, I mean, I've just been thinking that the spirit of Elijah, I think, is the way, is a, is a term because Elijah holds the keys. Yeah. These keys for sort of uh, doing the work of redeeming the dead, that the spiritual feelings that prompt people towards doing the work are kind of termed the spirit of Elijah. Well, but this is, you know, this is just the, the spirit being manifest, the light of Christ being manifest in a different way to help people understand the importance of working to redeem the dead. Yeah. Well, and, and think about how, pow- yeah, and think about how powerful it is. I mean, what was the last uh, bit of, the last keys and ability, power given to Joseph Smith? The ceiling, the ceiling power. Ceiling power. And, so I, and I, so I believe the last manifestation in the Kirtland Temple was of Elijah. It's that important. I mean, we really realize that temple work is, is everything we're working towards. I mean, that's what it's all about, not just for ourselves, but for everybody else. And I, I, view, I view the spirit of Elijah as the whole point is to link previous and future generations together so that we may all be in, in one eternal round. I mean, Heavenly yeah. Father doesn't want there to be a broken chain. Anywhere. He yeah. wants us to be, do everything we can to link in every single one of those hoops so that it, we can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, really. Well, let's be honest, Noah, but, you know, that's another discussion. But you know what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. And have joy and be happy and have, be happy with our ancestors. And I think, I think um, you know, I hope that, I hope that, I hope that the classes, that, that Sunday school classes spend some time talking about what the spirit of Elijah is, but especially what it's doing and how it's manifest, how it's manifested with church members, people being pushed to, to, to find their ancestors and, and receiving miracles to help find people and give them temple ordinances, but also around the world, how, you know, genealogy has become a popular thing, how it's obvious that 
everybody has this certain kind of inner drive to learn about where they come from and how technological advances are making it possible to really rapidly get a lot of information and do things with it. So, you know, Spirit of Elijah is real and it's no, working. I mean, have you seen the church has been ramping up the new uh, familysearch.org? They, yeah. they read the whole website. And I've tooled around with it a little bit. I find some things a little bit wonky, like it only shows me as the only child of my parents at this point. I don't know where my siblings are, but... That's weird. At least I exist. But, plus. <laughs> uh, but it is cool and it's useful and I know they've been trying to make it better. And if you've seen the way it visually, I love the way it represents stuff now. Have you seen it? Like you, you're a circle yeah. in the center and then in thirds it breaks off with uh, your mom's side, your dad's side kind of fanning out to form a, a larger cir- big circle. And then if you're married, of course, your spouse fills out the bottom third. Very, very cool. And it's a great way to visualize, I think, sort of the generations being linked together. And it's great because you can click on any one of those and it puts them in the center. And fans out the same way. It's very cool, and it's it's fun to see that. I mean, that's I think that's a huge thing. I mean, we it's like Dustin just said, we have that drive. We innately have a desire for most of us, I would say, to understand something of where we come from and who we are. Uh, I think it's very easy to be passive about that or to rely on others. Like I have a sister who's great at genealogy, so I've. I'm terrible at trying to go dig stuff up on my own because I view by default. I'm like, you're the expert. You're the one that's linked me back to like King Arthur or whatever. (laughs) So I'm just going to read about it. Thanks for doing all the legwork for me. But that said, it's great stuff to learn about. And, but I view my sister and it's interesting because she's not even active in the church, but she loves doing genealogy and she openly will give us names for the temple and stuff. Even that going to church is not her thing. But, uh, I, I see that spirit of logic, even in people like that, which, which is a remarkable testament to me of its potency that even if one is not active in the faith, if one is not even LDS, there might still be this drive. Of course, then, of course, it's this drive. I mean, obviously, there's other web. Ancestry.com is a for-profit website dedicated right. to genealogy. So, um, there's a lot of good stuff. But how can we do it? You know, what what yeah. can what can we all do? And that's sort of uh, one of the big questions. I think everyone has their own experiences. I think that's something great that hopefully you can think about going into this lesson about what experiences you have had uh, involving temple work and or genealogy. Like one that I can say, like, you know, is a, is a glaring deficiency of mine is I've never still taken my own names to the temple, personally. And that's something that's a goal of mine that I want to do. And I'll admit that sometimes I feel a little bit lost. I always say, just talk to your family history consultant. But I'm always like, well, what is that all about? And, you know, and then life gets in the way. You know how it is. Like I never sit there and say, well, I have a free Tuesday night. I'm going to head down to the family history center and see what's doing. That's pride and that's stupid on my part, but that's, that's what's happened. That's something I want to do. And I, I, like, I love hearing stories from people who have ever taken names. I don't know if you've ever taken any of your own names before. Just once. Think, Dustin. And it was profound. And I imagine it's incredibly rewarding. Because Very much. I feel like just going to the temple and doing work for people I don't even know, I still feel something doing that there. And I feel a sense of pride and I, hopeful, and I can sense the gratitude from that experience. And I do what I can. You know, I try to see like, where they're from and at least understand a bit of history there. But how much more rewarding is it if you know that you've got a whole line of your family there wasn't LDS, and it's just sitting there and has never had the work done. I mean, we should be be, be compelled to uh, to want to fix that and want to remedy that. I because that, they want it. They, they prob- want it badly. They, they probably want it. They pro- <laughs> just maybe they want it. Well, I mean, everyone has a choice, but chances are they want what you can give them. But what I like, uh, Elder Oaks does have a good quote because we can all do this in different ways. You know, It's yeah. not just that it's like find a name, take it to the temple. There's a lot of work that we can all do 
to be positive. Uh, and Elder Oaks said, In the work of redeeming the dead, there are many tasks to be performed, and all members should participate by prayerfully selecting those that fit their personal circumstances at a particular time. Our effort is not to compel, I'm sorry I used the word compel now, earlier, our effort is not to compel everyone to do everything, but to encourage everyone to do something, which I think is excellent, because I think sadly a lot of the time you have the passionate few who are doing a ton of genealogy and doing a lot of temple work. And then the rest of us who are just kind of chugging along, pitching in when we feel like we right. can. But I think that's good. Like many hands make light work. Yeah. yeah. It's, just it's not all or nothing. And I think that's important. Exactly. And I like that it starts out. And, and one of the first suggestions it gives is just have a current temple recommend and go to the temple. Right. I mean, like, like every time you go to the temple, you're acting in proxy whatever ordinance you're doing, yeah. you're helping somebody receive their ordinances. You're working to redeem the dead. And so just going and going more frequently and making a point of it is the first and most profound way to just further involve yourself in temple and family history yeah. work. And yeah. the beauty of it is you will, of course, you're doing it proxy, but you are in the fortunate position to be reminding yourself of those exact same covenants. Right. No, you yourself are not making those covenants at that point. But to participate in them, how wonderful is that for us to develop a greater gospel understanding? I mean, I, I still love being in the, I love being in the temple with my wife in the celestial room where we'll talk about temple ordinances and what we think we've learned and stuff we've picked up on. Those are great enriching moments that you can have. Yeah. And some of them you can only have, of course, in the temple. And I love the freedom uh, because of the sacredness of them to discuss them in the temple and develop a better understanding. What a, that's a great house of learning, as we say. And there's really a lot that we can pick up on. Yeah, well said. Have you, uh, just incidentally, have you seen the new movie yet? Yeah. It's pretty boss, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fly. Yeah, really. HD 5.1, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Knocked my socks off. It really is. And I I love the idea here, too. Like, you know, if if you don't have time to get names or if you haven't got names, still go to the temple. If you can't go to the temple, keep a current recommend. I like that. Yeah, I was going to say, jump in with that one. Because President Hunter sort of alluded to that or said that as much, rather. And that's really important. I think it could be so easy to say, well, there's no temple nearby. What does it matter if I have a recommend? But prophets, many times over, I feel, have said, no, have a recommend. It does not matter. It's it's the point that you're worthy and hold one, not just that you live in some far-flung territory and can only go to the temple once every three years if you're lucky, you know. Have your recommend. Yeah, yeah well said. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, then, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, you go ahead. Dustin, well, it's all you. <laughs> the people like you more, they hear too much of me anyway. That is not go true, ahead. my famous friend. But, you know, next, prepare to have ordinances performed for deceased relatives. And again, that's just what we talked about. And don't need to go into a lot of detail there, but, but the power of doing it for our own relatives is profound. I really know that's the case. And, you know, that's what we're expected to do, to find our kindred dead because they need us because we're tied to them forever. So take the time. It doesn't take that long. But how, and do, everybody how, has somebody. Every, there's, there's someone you can find. I had to dig back to like the 1500s one time, but I found somebody. Where did you dig, though? I mean, like, what, briefly walk us through this. If you have never done genealogy in your life and you just want to say, I just want to find stuff. I don't know what's out there. I don't know my ancestors. Like, what's the first step? Where do you go? What do you do? I just picked a line. And started following it until I found somebody who hadn't. How had did their you work pick done. said line? Where I mean, I was on familysearch.org, okay. and I just started following it. Just followed it until I found one that hadn't been done. That's kind of a, that's not like really profound. No, but it's that's not a really good place. difficult. So then, when you but found, start somewhere, well, so right? Like, found, go look. So when you hit a dead end, basically, what did you? How did you like find anything? Like, I found that? a person what at the do? end of this line yeah. whose work hadn't been done. His name was Robert Pattinson. I still remember. He's from the 1500s. You know, it's the same name of the guy who plays Edward in the Twilight movies, right? Who's incidentally a vampire, the undead. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> that just 
kind of took away from it, but and, and Twilight <laughs> was written by a Mormon. Okay, it's and all full circle now. Tell me more about that from here. That's pretty much it. The point is, I found him, and I did all the work for him. He was there. He was on Family Search. Just the work yeah. hadn't been done. I printed out the card. I did the work. It wasn't that hard. Yeah, I you, didn't spend that much time. Where do you print the card? On my computer. You just print it. But what about the color? No. Do they supply you with beautiful robin's egg blue and pink paper? Or do you take a different card to the temple and then they process it? I think, they pro- I think you take a different thing to the temple and then they make that card for you. Okay. It's a little hazy. I'm sorry, everybody. No, it's okay. I think, I, but the takeaway here is that I am not educated. I don't know much about it. I didn't spend that much time. I still did it. You can do But this it. is the point. I think it can be confusing or overwhelming right. for people. Because you can say, well, what is this? Like, where do I get these cards? How does, this, how does all this happen? And I've thought the same thing myself. So It's not that hard. And I wonder what you do, though, if you find that you hit a dead end on the line. And there's no, you don't know who's after that. Like, where do you dig around to find that info? To fill in more names. Not just to find ones for whom the work has not been done, but to actually increase your list, you know? I think everybody listening should find the dead end first. And after they put forth that effort, then ask their family history specialist how to go further. I think that's a good goal, though. I like that one. <laughs> just get to the end. Get to the end of the line. If you've done that, you've done something. Good job. Okay, so everyone go do that. Go ahead. I'm serious. Tangible, go to. workable goals. Yeah. Yeah. We're... Yeah, that's what we do here. No, it's good. And then one of the last things this really suggests that I like a lot, though, keep a journal or prepare a personal history or family history. Now, of course, journals, I take from Nephi very much the way journals can be written. You can write the historic aspect of things or do you write about your own lamentations and what have you. You know, it's probably want to be a mix because I find that sometimes I look at my journal when it's just a travelogue. I I say, oh, this was nice, but I don't feel enriched because I'm not, if I failed to write about like what I learned, what I pondered. But uh, I, I really can tell you about the value of having a journal, period, whatever you're writing. It, uh, it will, you'll reflect upon it years down the line. You'll read it. You'll see how much you've grown, and you leave a record, like anything else, for other people. And that's a better record to have, I think, than in this day and age and your family being able to somehow look at your old Facebook posts and stuff like that, which <laughs> is part of the greater record, I mean, in the digital age. Pokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Dad, I see that in 2007, you and Mom messaged each other. <laughs> Exciting. But uh, that's all part of life. But keep a journal because that's really one of those great places, And whether you do it by hand or whether you do it digitally, whatever you like, but a great place to have a record for uh, who are going to be you know, your descendants, yeah. your progeny. That's a great point. Uh, and you know, along with that, and, there's the, and then the, the one other point in, in there in that section of ways that we can really operationalize this is to learn about our ancestors' lives. Exactly. And you know, that's something that you know, at first blush maybe seems a little bit, I mean, you know, history is nice, stories are nice, but I, I think the point we're supposed to take away is we get something when we learn about especially the lives of our righteous ancestors and what they did. And, you know, I've had experiences where I've, I've you know, learned some stories about my early ancestors who first found the, the restored gospel, and they're faith-promoting, and they also push me to want to be better and really live exactly. up to, like, live up to the, the blessing that I've been given and the history that I have. And I think, you know, in one way or another, those stories can have the same effect on all of us. And we ought to seek for them because that's, I think, in some way, what the intent of this spirit of Elijah is, is to yeah. push us to be better because of the shoulders of whom we stand on. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, we need to finish, but this made me think of actually a recent experience with my dad, and I feel comfortable sharing this. My dad has a handful of half-siblings, some of whom he's never even known because mm-hmm. they're a lot older than him, and that's all he has. He has no whole siblings. And he was recently, because of the efforts of my good genealogy sister, put uh, in touch with a half-sibling he's never known, a sister who he's never, ta- he's never talked with her or anything like that. And... 
this opened up this whole line and he said, it was like, I had no idea. Like I found that like a lot of my ancestors were important people were kind of right hand men to Brigham Young and to Wolford Woodruff and all the stuff that my dad never knew. And my dad, I would never say is the type that's like passionate about genealogy or anything like that. Right. But you see sort of that, that spark, that sparkle in someone's eye for lack of a better term with, uh, where I saw that interest in him really kind of understanding his ancestors and appreciating it all the more. And not to mention that, even living relatives, for goodness sake, this is a half-sister he's never even talked to in his whole life that he's been put in touch with because of this effort. You know, that's cool. That's, that's, that, that's cool. the power of this stuff. And that's I think very it's cool. Great. So, folks, follow Dustin's counsel. So find a name where the work has not been done. Just go on family search and see if the ordinances are filled in and then just print it out. Take it to your temple. Make it happen. Make it happen. Do it. You'll be we, glad you did. Yeah, they're not run, People honestly asked me before, have Mormons like run out of names in the temple? Is it done? I like, no. I think we have stockpiles of names <laughs> sitting around that need the work done. So, so let's get that done. Uh, once again, lesson 40 finding joy in temple and family history work. It's a great lesson. I'm glad, Dustin. Thanks for being here for it. Oh, glad I could be here. My pleasure. We hope you guys will, of course, sign up for uh, our. Uh, Gospel Study Session Initiative, our mailing list, thisweekinmormons.com. Contact at thisweekinmormons.com and subscribe to this on iTunes. That's the best place to be. Yay for Apple. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs> All right, folks. We hope you have a great Sunday, and uh, may the Spirit be with you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.